Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we can stand to our feet. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I believe the Lord is pleased with our worship. Ephesians chapter 4. It's important when you have these type of occasions to not only allow the candidates to know what they're walking into, but the great cloud of witnesses as well. Because how many of you know there's people in pulpits who, don't, who are not held accountable by anyone? So on today as I, I give this homily to our candidates, these cloud of witnesses can also hold us accountable for the word declared over their lives. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 6 from the New King James Version of the Bible. And it reads as thus, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord, somebody shout prisoner, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body. Somebody say one body. There's one spirit. Somebody say one spirit. As you were called in one hope, somebody say one hope, of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Paul said this to the church at Ephesus, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. As you take your seats this evening, I'm a minister from this subject, the expectations of the elevated, the expectations of the elevated. I believe too many people have been elevated but void of receiving the appropriate expectations. Here's one of the major reasons why many people regret the promotions they took, the, the partnerships they entered to, into, or even some of the promises that we've made, they were due to unspoken and unrealized expectations. Somebody say expectations. If we can be honest, if we would have known the expectations beforehand, we wouldn't have took that job. If I, if I would have just knew the expectations, we wouldn't have signed that agreement. Somebody say expectations. And, and many of us, if we would have knew the expectations, I wouldn't have got into that relationship. Somebody say expectations. Because hear this, expectations reveal how much energy and effort I have to put in until I receive a reward. Somebody say expectations. I, I, and, and you know what? As many will say, they, that ain't worth my time, that ain't worth my talent, and that is not, definitely not worth my tears if I would have knew the expectations. Yeah. Expectations, many people have been elevated into offices void of expectations, and they wonder why after the fact that they had regrets, all based on expectations. But, but here's the thing with godly promotions. Here's the thing uh, with godly partnerships. Here's the thing with godly promises. God will never give you those things prior to revealing the expectations. 
Some people may have ignored the expectations. Many people may have forgotten the expectations. But God never elevates you without giving you the expectations first. Somebody shout expectations. And, and this afternoon, there are those that have been extended promotions from God. Elevation in ministry. And my, my prayer is that they don't regret the promotion. They don't regret this decision today. But they have to first understand the expectations of the elevated. Here's what I want to do. I want to examine the text. I always like to walk the text, y'all. So I want to look at verse 2a. It says, with all lowliness and gentleness and long suffering." Here's what I want you to know. The first thing I want you to know, your posture in ministry will always determine your progress in ministry. Here's the first thing I've got to know. The first expectation for the elevated is that it's a humble work. Somebody say a humble work. That there's only two postures in ministry and that's humble or haughty. We got too many people in ministry with haughty spirits rather than humble spirits. I've, I've got to be humble. My candidates tell your neighbor, you got to be humble. And, and, and if you don't have any expectation to walk in humility while in ministry, you will not walk in ministry for a long time. If, if my posture is not humility, I'm subject, somebody say, to fall. To, to, to fall. And this is why Proverbs um, 16, 18 declares that hearty um, uh, in ministry are subject to fall. And here is, herein lies the reason why many don't see progress in ministry. Because they did not adhere to the expectation that it was a humble work. Tell your neighbor it's a humble work. And, and hear this. Nobody wants anybody ministering to them that has a prideful spirit. Matter of fact, neither does God want you ministering for him with a prideful spirit. I don't want nobody prideful laying hands on me. I don't know about y'all, but not me, not me. Tell your neighbor, not me. Somebody, here's what I mean by a prideful spirit. Some, some, somebody... Can, you can call out your sin, somebody else's sin, but you can never share your struggle with sin with them. Somebody say prideful. prideful. I, I, somebody can, um, you can spot their shortcomings, but you act like you ain't never have a shortcoming in your life. Somebody say prideful. prideful. You got too many preachers that know how to call out sin, but can't tell nobody their struggle with sin. You got too many preachers, they love to be up here calling out, I, I got the spirit of discernment, and you can discern my shortcoming, but where have you ever fell short in God? Somebody say, prideful. I don't want nobody prideful ministering over me. I, I love how our text begins with lowliness. Somebody say, humbleness. And it ends with long-suffering. In other words, it takes humility to be long-suffering. I want y'all to catch that. But you can't be long-suffering with someone if you yourself has never suffered. The text says, with lowliness and, and this, this, this ability to long-suffer with somebody, and I said that it takes a level of humility to walk with somebody that get on your nerves. It takes a level of humility to long suffer with somebody who can't get their life together. But not only that, 
I, the only way that I can be long-suffering with someone if you yourself have suffered. And we got too many preachers. I ain't never suffered a day in my life. The devil is alive. And because notice this, you can only empathize to the degree which you have endured. I, I, if we want the posture of Christ, the, the Bible says that, that he looked on the crowd with compassion. And the only reason that he could empathize with them is because he had a degree in which he endured. Some preachers got to tell somebody that they've endured some stuff. I don't want nobody to preach to me that has not endured life. I don't know about y'all, but that's just me. Stop being prideful and share what you suffered with. You're not perfect. You're just prideful. This work is a humble work. Somebody say a humble work. And hear this. God uses the expectation of humbleness for your continued elevation. Many people make themselves bishops. Many people will go online and get their credentials. But that elevation is not from God. If I want to walk in continued elevation, I've got to walk in humility. For the Bible says, those that humble themselves shall be exalted. He is looking for those who can remain low. Somebody say humble. And we must humble ourselves in ministry. If not, God will humble us. Here's the first expectation. This is a humble work. Somebody say a humble work. Then verse 2b says, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of, in the bond of peace. Too many people enter into ministry to help themselves rather than to help God's people. Here's the second thing. This expectation for these and all black it's a helping work. Somebody say, shout to them and tell them it's a helping work. It's a helping work. They, they, they want to make a name for themselves. They, they want to make a career for themselves. Even some want to make money for themselves. But this is a helping work. It's a helping work. Yet if you are in ministry for yourself, notice this, then you are not in ministry at all. The very word minister means to serve. Somebody shout to serve. And we're not called to serve ourselves. We're called to serve one another. Notice what our foundational text says. It says that they are called that should bear one another in love because ministry is a helping work. This is why Jesus himself said in Matthew 20 verse 28, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. The text says that Jesus came to serve. That means he was called to serve. That means he was commanded to serve. And that means he was created to serve. We're not greater than Jesus, so somebody tell your neighbor, you need to serve. Here's a word of wisdom. Here's a word of wisdom. One of the reasons why God is not pleased with some in ministry is because they're more concerned with God's people serving them rather than them serving God's people. Listen, we're, we're, we're a tiny church. 
I don't need five full armor bearers serving me. We, 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 we a tiny church. I don't need nobody carrying my Bible. We, 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 we're a tiny church. I don't need nobody to help me sweep up the sanctuary. It's a helping work. Somebody say it's a helping work. You got about five members and you can't sweep. It's a helping word. Somebody carrying their Bible, somebody following behind them. Somebody notices always sowing into them. The devil is a lie. Matter of fact, if you can't hold your own Bible, you might not be, need to be in ministry. If I can't get, I'm going to make this plain, y'all. If I can't get from my seat with this Bible to this pulpit, I don't need to be pastoring nobody. So here's, okay, I'm going to be out your way. The first thing is a humble word. Somebody say it's a humble word. The second thing is a helping word. Somebody say it's a helping word. This is for my people, y'all. I don't know about y'all. This is for my candidates. Now let's look at verse number four. It says there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called and one hope of your calling. Here's the second thing. The very hope, I mean the third thing, the very hope that we found in Christ, we're called to extend that hope to another. Somebody say it's a hopeful word. That means as ministers of the gospel, our very encounter with others should produce a level of hope in their life. Every time I minister to somebody, they shouldn't want to run every time the next time they see me. Every time I minister to somebody, it should produce a level of hope. Somebody say hope. So be, because it's a hopeful word. What do I mean? The, the word hope in our text is the Greek, Greek word ellipsis, which means confidence, trust, or expectation. So after we minister to others, it should produce another level of confidence in God. It should produce another level of trust in God and another level of expectation in God. Do they trust God even the more that he will supply all their needs? Do, are they confident even the more that he will renew their strength as they wait on him? Do they have an expectation even the more that they will, he will comfort those that mourn? Somebody say, I need some hope. The, the sad tragedy, notice this, and the sad reality is that the church has caused many, both the unsaved and the saved, to lose hope in the church, in its clergy, and in Christ. Now, I don't know about y'all, but churches ain't filled on Sunday morning. I, I, I don't know about y'all, but when you ask people to come to church, they don't want to come to church no more. Because both the saved and these folk that's been walking with God a long time, they say things like, I'm tired of church folk. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the church because their encounter with somebody who had a, a collar and a cross caused them to lose hope. Every encounter with a clergy, every encounter with a minister of God should cause them to increase their level of hope. Because people don't need hype. They need hope. Pe people don't need a hookup. They need hope. People don't need a handout. They need hope. This is why Titus 2.13 speaks of looking for that blessed hope. 
You got people coming in churches looking for the blessed hope, and they leave out sad and confused. You got people looking for the blessed hope, and then somebody who was supposed to minister to them let them down. Tell your neighbor it's a hopeful word. Now let's look at the verses 5 and 6. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Your inability to submit to God in ministry, notice this, reveals your submission to the devil by default. I hope y'all caught what I just said. Your inability to submit to God in ministry reveals your submission to the devil by default. Somebody say it's a headship work. There's one head in ministry, not the apostle, not the bishop, not even this pastor, but it's God. This is why a text says one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Somebody say it's a headship work. Therefore, we must constantly remind ourselves, notice this, who we've been sent by, who we are serving and who we must constantly submit to. This is the problem with too many people in ministry. They forget who sent them and believe they sent themselves. We we, we forget who we serving and think the people are supposed to serve us. Matter of fact, we're not submitted to anybody because I'm so grand and gifted in God. And I forget who I'm submitted to. Forgetting that it's a Headship work. So I've got to remember it's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the God of heaven and earth, and beside him there is none other. Consider how Paul opens Ephesians 4 and 1. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. In essence, Paul is saying that he was been he has been appointed by God. Matter of fact, when he says he's a prisoner, he says, matter of fact, I've got to answer to God. And even more, he knows that he's held accountable by God. He's in black on this evening. You've got to remember you've been appointed by God, not Pastor Keith. You've got to give an answer to God, not Pastor Keith. You've got to be held accountable by God, not by Pastor Keith. If you can't do likewise, then you should not be in ministry because the head does not answer to the prisoner but the prisoner answers to the head when we say God is the head of our lives we must mean that because the expectation of the elevated in ministry is that in God it's a headship work so I said it's a humble work it's a helping work it's a hopeful work it's a headship work You will never earn in ministry void of commitment to the expectations in ministry. Whatever God establishes, hear this, he also provides expectation. This is why some people can't be in marriage, because they didn't realize God established marriage, and there's some expectations for marriage. And likewise, it's the same thing in ministry. It's no different for those that have been elevated in this work of ministry. There are expectations, a humble work, a helpful work, a hopeful work, and a headship work. But even more, I want us to look at verse 1 again, and I'm going to be out your way. 
He says, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. In other words, Paul is saying he will, God will only honor your work when you fulfill the expectations of ministry. There's no honor in ministry if I don't realize that it's a humble work. There's no honor in ministry if I don't realize that it's a helping work. There's no honor in ministry if I don't make sure that this is a hopeful work. There's no honor in ministry if I don't realize it's a headship work. I want y'all to be honored in ministry. You got too many folk around here honoring themselves. You got too many folk trying to pull on people to honor them. But when you get the glory, you want God to honor you. And here's the expectation. In this great cloud of witnesses, you ever see them, this crew, and they're not a humble people, you let me know. You see this crew, and they're not a helpful people, you let me know. You see this crew, and you know that they did not produce hope in your life, you let me know. And then if you don't see them submitting to God, you let me know. Because at the end of the day, if I elevate them, I'm going to have to answer to God myself. Give God a hand clap of praise.